anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And it's Friday, everybody's favorite day, Friday afternoon, after you close the books on the uh, old office work there. You got a nice weekend to look forward to. Supposedly the first weekend that some of these uh, counties and cities and states are going to be reopening. Not Illinois. Oh, no, no. They want to extend ours to May 30th now. I don't imagine a lot of people complying with this voluntarily if the weather actually gets nice around here, which, you know, never <laughs> never a guarantee. I am broadcasting once again deep behind enemy lines in the Windy City. And for those of you not familiar with Chicago, the weather is pretty goddamn awful nine months out of the year. We, the only time... I enjoy Chicago is June, July, and August. May is always a little dicey. It's it's snowed in May before, but it's usually like 40 degrees and raining. So uh, we'll see how these next 30 days go. But I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just done. I'm done complying with this. We, you know, if you listen to the last episode, bamboozled. I ran through the numbers that are coming out of the epicenter of the coronavirus in the United States of New York, right? And these numbers are nowhere near as bad or as horrifying as the government and the corporate press want you to believe. And I mean, nothing even close to it. And we know that we already know there's a ton of reports out about how sketchy they are in reporting these coronavirus deaths for months now we've seen these stories where it's like oh you know woman 55 with no underlying condition dies of coronavirus and then you see a picture of her and she's morbidly obese she's a goddamn whale she's pushing herself around in a motorized chair because she's too goddamn fat to walk on her own I mean, what? that's not an underlying condition? I mean, give me a break. So we know that this stuff is going on all over the place. That these, even the, the numbers that are hundreds of thousands off from even the lowest estimates, it, the, the lowest estimates that the government was giving us, even those numbers are higher than they probably normally would be if they were reporting these deaths honestly. And hospitals have a huge incentive to label everything a coronavirus death now for uh, monetary reimbursements. And these numbers, they I'm sorry, they just don't scare me. This, this whole thing never really scared me. If you recall my initial reaction to this at the beginning, I, I sort of poo-pooed this whole thing. And I, I, I never thought that we would shut down the entire world over it. But I was even after that happened, I was never really worried about this virus. I did always think that certain people should be taking it seriously, and it has been killing people. I mean, you know, 60-some thousand people in the U.S. have died from this, so it, it does kill people. There's no doubt about that. It can be serious. It just isn't serious for a lot of people. But even these numbers out of New York for older people, if you're healthy, this is still not like a death sentence to you. And the death numbers are the, the rate of, of death is far lower than we were told and nobody's reporting on this if you pull up 
if I just go to like Drudge Report today, and this is how you know that you're being propagandized, okay? Because not only have all of their models been way off, if you remember a month or two ago, they were talking about millions of deaths in the United States by now. Um, hundreds of thousands were, were the like 200,000 was like the lower estimate that I remember. I, I, there could have been lower ones, but millions of people were going to die from this, right? And now that and our hospitals were going to be overrun, we needed ventilators, we're bringing in this big ship for the East Coast. And while hospitals were definitely taxed and probably continued to be very, very busy, the doomsday scenario, or even the scenarios that they laid out to justify this whole quarantine, they've, they never came to fruition. And nobody in the media is really reporting on any of the positive developments in this. And if I, I pull up Drudge Report today, pandemic could last two years, blood tests to fly. 30 trillion debt by autumn. U.S. deaths top 64,000. Model, 100,000 by the end of summer. O okay, so it's, it's pretty obvious to me that they are still trying to scare everybody into obeying these or Orwellian authoritarian orders from our government because they know that as soon as this weather turns, people are going to go outside. People are going to go outside unless they're successful in scaring everybody enough. And so there seems to be a push to scare everybody into staying in their house, that this is much worse than it is. And there's a couple of aspects at play here, right? There's The first thing is with the media, if it bleeds, it leads, okay? And doomsday scenarios, they generate attention, they get clicks, all that sort of stuff, right? The, the other aspect of this is that as the economy gets worse and worse, 30, we have 30 million people unemployed now. We had another about four, 4 million or so this past week filed for unemployment. Okay. Um, and it's just looking like more and more that the government reaction to this, it was not justified given the real dangers of this virus. And so they're going to try to make it seem a lot worse than it actually is to justify everything that they've done and justify all these power grabs that they're taking. And believe me, we're never getting any of this stuff back. Once the government takes authority, once we hand over some authority to them, they never relinquish it. So you can kiss everything that we just turned over to them over the last couple of months goodbye, which is why we have to start learning the lessons of history here and realizing that we can't just look to government and hand over all of our liberties and freedoms to them for some false sense of security anytime there's, they propose that there is a crisis, allegedly a crisis. I mean, how bad is this coronavirus really? We're starting to find out not nearly as bad as they told us. What they told us was the justification they used to steal all this additional power and money and, and everything else that they've been doing for the last couple months. But there, there's clearly a push here by the media to influence you, to get you to think that you better not leave your house. And if you do, oh boy, you better have your mask on. You better have your gloves. You better social distance. They have done an unbelievable job of scaring the bejesus out of everybody about this. And nobody is really taking the time to rationally, even at this point, there are, the vast majority of people are not taking the time to to dig into these numbers to rationally look at this and, and weigh the the uh, you know the pros and cons of going out. People are going outside. They're wearing masks. They got their gloves on it, just to walk your dog or something like that. To go on a jog, you're going to wear a mask outside. I mean, that's fine if you want to do it. But it just goes to show you how freaked out they've gotten everybody over something that, by all accounts, is not the end of the world for the vast majority of people. Yes, it was really scary for a lot of people two, two months ago when this was sort of sweeping the globe and thousands of people were dying in Italy and we didn't know why and we didn't know anything about this virus. But now that we know a lot more than we did a couple months ago, People should not be as freaked out about this. And, and to an extent, some people are realizing that we've been bamboozled and they're starting to go outside.
but there is still a, a good portion of society that are, are horrified by this because they've just been watching the CNN all, all day long, telling you how many people are constantly dying of this. And, and now they got the, oh God, they've got the airlines on board. All the major airlines are now going to require every passenger to wear a mask for the entire flight. The entire flight. As if flying wasn't bad enough as it is. I mean, it wasn't the most uncomfortable thing in the world. Now you get to throw on a mask like you're, like you're working construction or doing demo on a house or something like that. I mean, come on. This is getting ridiculous. I, I can't believe that these airlines are on board with this. People are like, well, you know, they're trying to entice people to go fly. Uh, okay, but if people want to wear a mask, that's fine. Go ahead. Put your mask on and go fly if that makes you feel safer. But you don't entice people to fly by making it more uncomfortable, more expensive, more inconvenient to do so. At least not me. This is a huge deterrent for me. I don't want to be on a plane for 12 hours to get to the, you know, wherever I'm going. If I want to go back to Thailand or something, it's going to be an 18 hour flight and I got to wear a fucking painter's mask the entire time. I'm, I'm sorry, that's retarded. It's a retarded idea. I mean, th th these death numbers for people in my scenario, I, I mean, I, I almost have a better chance of dying in a plane crash than I do of dying from coronavirus, okay? That's how not worried I am about this virus. Now, why should I have to wear a mask? If you want to wear a mask, that's fine. Then you're protected, right? What, what difference does it make if you're wearing a mask and I'm not wearing one? I can't believe the, it, you know, it makes me wonder if, this is a, a put. I don't have any. Uh, this is just pure speculation on my on my part. But I know that the, all these airlines got bailout money from the government, and it makes me wonder if this is some of those strings being attached that I talked about when we talked about them getting a bailout. Like you get you get money from the government. Now you got to follow the the government's uh, rules and regulations. You got to require all of your passengers to wear these masks. Because this just sounds like a retarded government idea to me. You could be, you could hand out the masks because you know a couple of days ago, play, uh, airlines like United, it was like, well, our staff is going to be required to wear the masks. That makes perfect sense to me. And we're gonna we're gonna provide masks to the passengers. They can wear them if they want. They don't have to. Now that's the right policy. That seems to me like a free market policy. And then JetBlue came out and they're like, well, we're going to require all of our passengers to wear masks. And then something happened over the last two days where now all of a sudden all the major airlines are on board with forcing their passengers to wear a goddamn painter's mask for the duration of their flight. Except, of course, if you're eating on the flight. Okay, so as soon as they serve a meal, everybody takes off their masks. And then what? And then everybody's had an exposure. So what's the point of all of this? Doesn't that defeat the entire purpose of the mask if you're going to take it off during the flight? I mean, once you take it off, that's it, right? All that air is just circulating around, and the, and the coronavirus germs, they're flying around the plane. And once you take off that mask, you've been exposed. Now, granted, you weren't exposed for the entire duration of the flight, but... You were exposed for the meal service. You were exposed every time you, you took off your mask to take a sip of water or something. Or if you're having a drink on the flight. Like, I want to have a goddamn cocktail. I'm not going to have a mask on while I'm drinking my cocktail on the flight. Wh whose retarded idea was this? This is so stupid. And it just shows you how scared and irrational everybody is. I mean, the odds of me overdosing on Xanax... Just because I'm trying to avoid being conscious with this mask on for a 10-hour flight are far worse than anything the coronavirus is ever going to do to me. I cannot imagine the heads of these companies getting together and deciding that this is an idea to, to make something mandatory, something as uncomfortable and cumbersome as a face mask to force it on people that want to buy your product. Like, the second you're going to try to force me to do anything, I'm immediately turned off. Now, maybe that's just me, but if you're going to make me put on an uncomfortable mask to sit in an uncomfortable seat, 
on your uncomfortable plane for several hours at a time. For what? To avoid the off chance that I catch a virus I probably have already had, that that even if I had, it's so mild that most people don't even know that they've had it and has like a 0.01% chance of killing me. This is this is why I have to wear a mask on your airplane. And where else, do, you know, this is why we have to wear a mask outside. We have to change every aspect of our lives to avoid something that's almost nothing. Like millions of people have this and they don't even know that they have it because it's nothing. It's nothing to the vast majority of people. Now, if you're somebody in the risk group, in the high risk group, we have overwhelming evidence who those people are. And you can go back and listen to the last episode if you haven't already. Or if you're somebody that's really afraid of this thing, that's fine. Like, listen, I'm not going to um, ridicule or chastise you or anything like that for being afraid of getting the coronavirus. You don't want to get it. I, I totally understand that. That's fine. Put your fucking mask on. There you go. All right. Or don't fly. How about that? Like if you're that afraid of it, stay off the airplane. But if but if you're gonna fly and you're afraid of it, then you can wear a mask and you can put your gloves on and you can do whatever that you buy an entire row of seats for all I care. That that's fine. But don't try to dictate to me what I need to do. And yes, I get that these airlines are thinking, well, we want it. We don't want to deter people from flying. We don't want those people to stay home. We want them to buy tickets. Well, here's the thing. Those people, the people that want everybody required to to wear a mask, they're not going to be satisfied unless you have everybody tested before the flight and you take everybody's temperature and you have to pr- produce your I'm corona free, coronavirus free testing papers or whatever. They're not going to be satisfied until they get that because they're lunatics. Because they're lunatics, okay? Anybody, any normal person would be fine. Like, there's, just put your mask on and, and wear your gloves and, and don't worry about me. If you got your mask and your gloves on, what are you worried about? All right. And yes, I know these are private companies and they can do whatever they want, blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's fine. But I also get to criticize them for retarded policies, retarded policies that aren't going to do anything. This, this is not going to do anything to actually make people safer. It's just going to make idiots feel safer and and just make flying that much worse for the rest of us. We should stop pandering to these these people that are all freaked out. Stop making them more freaked out than they should be. And then maybe after we reopen the world and they can see that this was way overblown and that this doesn't require you wearing a mask every single second of every single day, every time you're out in public, Maybe then the airlines won't have to provide masks to every single passenger on every single flight, which will be another cost built into the price of the tickets, by the way. This is just unbelievable. And, and tickets for flights are going to be so much more expensive going forward because they're already not using like half of their middle seats so that they can space people out. Uh, okay, so <laughs> add 50% to the cost of your ticket already just to cover that. Right, they're going to lose half their seats. Every, the price of every other seat is going to go up. There's going to be less flights going around the world. They're going to have to ground most of these planes because nobody's going to actually want to travel thanks to the media freaking everybody out about this. So now you've got less planes flying. You've got less seats on each flight. You've got less options to fly. You've got less uh, flights going to certain destinations. So the price of this is going to go through the roof. And now, oh, yeah, by the way, make sure you have your painter's mask on. And we get to listen to an entire new section of the spiel while you're taking off about what to do with your mask and how to put your mask on correctly and make sure no tampering. And uh, what do they say about the smoke detectors on planes that drives me crazy? Uh, tampering, removing, or otherwise disabling the smoke detectors. It, we're just tampering. Tampering covers all of it, okay? Removing, that would be tampering. Disabling, that would be tampering. So just say tampering. But now they're going to do that same thing with the mask. Uh, great. Fantastic. I love where we're headed as a society because of, of, of this virus. Oh, God. I, I just can't believe that, they're, that they think this is going to be a good idea. Man, uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> just, I don't know why that. That was like the last straw for me. That was it. That was the straw that broke the camel's back as far as this whole coronavirus thing. I, I already hate flying. 
and now I have to wear a painter's mask. And and by the way, I'm going to have thousands of dollars in airline credits, most likely, if I can't get a refund for all my Italy flights. I haven't even dealt with that yet. But they're going to give me credits for their fucking airline so that I can go on there with a painter's mask and, and sit on their uh, in their uncomfortable chairs for several hours. Ugh. You guys, th- this show really needs to take off because I need to become a billionaire and fly private. I- I've had it with this. This is this is my motivation. This is the motivation I needed to become a billionaire and fly private and, and just leave all of you lemmings with your stupid masks <laughs> to to go suffer together on a United packed in steerage at, at the back of a United Airlines flight. Have fun with that. I- I'm done with it. But I'm not complying with any more of this ridiculousness, okay? I don't have the coronavirus. If I did, it was so mild that I never even knew I had it. I feel fine. I'm young, okay? I'm in no danger of suffering from this, even if I do get it. So whatever. I'm going to go about living my life. We take risks every day. Every day we take risks far greater than this coronavirus. We don't think anything of it. We don't think anything of it. And I'm just going to continue to, to take those risks because that's life. Life is, is a risk. Every time you walk out your door, you are accepting certain risks. And the coronavirus, I guess, is just going to have to be one more of those things. And when I measure it against everything else, like just driving in a car, that's probably far more dangerous than, than this coronavirus could ever be for me. So... I, I don't even know why I started ranting about this. Um, oh, because it's May 1st and we're supposed to be opening society back up. But look, let's just let's all just take a step back and look at this rationally, okay? Look at the numbers, the, dig into the data here, see if this is really a threat to you and, and decide what you need to do to protect yourself from it. That's all. I mean, I, I don't think we need to change the... the society as we know it because there's a new virus that's not that deadly i mean if this is what it takes to change everybody's life every day everything that they do now has to you have to wear a mask and gloves everywhere you go i mean mean, come on what are we doing here does anybody really want to live like that i certainly don't okay and it shouldn't matter what I do as long as you're taking precautions to protect yourself, okay? So I don't know. I mean, I, I get airlines wanting to have their customers feel safe, but you have to weigh you have to weigh this the the risks here. And I can't imagine a lot of customers being happy about a mandatory mask, especially once this all blows over in a couple of months. And how much long how long is is this just forever now? 20 years from now, 10 coronaviruses later, we're still wearing masks on planes. I mean, come on. What, what are we doing here? But th- th- this just seems like a massive overreaction to media propaganda. Because when I look at the numbers, they don't look that scary. And a lot of people, there are a lot of people in my camp, and they're not just, you know, radical uh, Rothbardian and caps, right? There, there are people all over California. They're trying to go to the beaches, and Gavin Newsom's trying to shut down the beaches now, because people are realizing that you know this isn't that big of a deal for for the vast majority of us. This is just another virus that okay, if we get it, we get it. We're sick for a couple of days, and then we're not anymore, or we get it and we don't even know because it's so goddamn mild. Oh, okay, I'm gonna go about living my life now the way I, I was before. Um, I don't know. Anyway. That's enough about that. That's what I've been stewing about since uh, yesterday evening. Um, but what what else is going on today? We got Joe Biden is is having a rough Friday. He uh, he has officially come out and addressed and denied these accusations of sexual assault from Tara Reid. Is it Tara or Tara? Tara, don't call me Tara. God damn it! <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's an old love line joke. But uh, he did a an interview on Morning Joe with uh, Mika Brzezinski, I think it was. And I pulled the audio from that. I thought we would listen to it. Because this whole thing with Joe Biden and the sexual assault accusation. Now, this accusation has been around for a few months at least. I've known about it for a while. But the media, the corporate press, these corrupt, miserable, lying 
pieces of trash on TV have been doing everything in their power to ignore this story. And and the same with the written press, the the New York Times, all, all the major uh, publications. You know, if you remember back to the whole Kavanaugh thing, and that's what everybody's comparing this to. It's like, well, when Brett Kavanaugh was accused of sexual assault, the media went crazy with it. It was the the front page of every newspaper, uh, the 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 lead story of every hour. Every time there was an accusation, boom. Front page, big headline, Kavanaugh, sexual assault. Another accuser comes forward. Okay, and now that uh, their boy Biden has has it a, a very similar, you know, similar accusation made against him from 27 years ago with not a whole lot of people around to corroborate. I think a couple, I've heard that a couple people have corroborated this in, in some way, shape, or form, like she told her friend about it or whatever. It doesn't really matter. The real story here is that the, the corrupt corporate press is just completely ignoring it because now it's Joe Biden. Now it's their guy. Now it's a Democrat. And so this whole me too moment, this whole, Oh, we believe survivors. We believe all women that all goes out the window when it's one of your guys. Right? So there, there's a lot of people right now trying to do this little, uh, little dance, trying to do a little, little tiptoe around this thing because, Oh shit. A year ago, or what was it, a year ago, uh, two years ago, year and a half, something like that. I, I forget when all this Kavanaugh, I have no concept of time anymore. I, I don't even know. I barely know what day of the week it is. Actually, I have to check the calendar before I start the show. But but um, all of these people, politicians, all these talking heads that were out there, oh, we got to believe Blazy Ford because she's a woman and you know women never lie and, and all that ridiculous crap. Well, now they they got a little leg on their face because they have to figure out a way to justify how they all of a sudden they don't believe all women. They're believing Joe Biden over this woman, Tara Reid. Uh, OK, so there's a lot of hypocrisy going on. And I thought we'd play the, the interview because it was it was kind of interesting. It was, it was very, definitely very awkward. There's a couple of uh, in, interesting uh, exchanges there that I thought we'd go over. And I could give you my thoughts on that. So why don't we go ahead and roll it? This is Joe Biden defending himself against these sexual assault accusations. And then we'll, we'll break it down after this clip. She says in 1993, Mr. Vice President, that you pinned her against the wall and reached under her clothing and penetrated her with your fingers. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. Do you remember her? Do you remember any, any types of complaints that she might have made? I don't remember any type of complaint she <clears throat> may have made. It was 27 years ago. And uh, I don't remember, nor does anyone else that I'm aware of. And uh, the fact is that I don't remember. I, I don't remember any complaint ever having been made. Have you or your campaign, have you reached out to her? No, I have not reached out to her. It's 27 years ago. This never happened. And uh, when she first made the claim, we made it clear that it never happened. And uh, that's as simple as that. In the past 30 minutes or so, you released a statement on Medium. And among other things, you, you, you write this. There's only one place a complaint of this kind could be, the National Archives. I am requesting that the Secretary of State ask of uh, the Senate, ask the archives to identify any record of the complaint she alleges she filed. If there was any such complaint, the record will be there. Are you preparing us for a complaint that might be revealed in some way? Are you confident there is nothing? I'm confident there's nothing. No one ever brought it to the attention of me 27 years ago. This is any assertion at all. No one that I'm aware of in my campaign, at, excuse my, my Senate office at the time, is aware of any such uh, request and, uh, uh, or any such complaint. Uh, and, uh, and so the, I, 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 I'm not worried about it at all. If there is a complaint, that's where it would be. That's where it would be filed. And if it's there... 
put it out, but I've never seen it. No one has that I'm aware of. Okay, let's go ahead and pause it right there. So just like the Kavanaugh thing, these sort of scenarios are basically impossible to determine what actually happened, right? I don't know what happened. You don't know what happened. There's, I would say that there's only two people that really know whether or not this actually happened. But seeing as one of them is Joe Biden, he, I don't even think he would remember if this actually happened. That's how far gone he is. So really, only one person that we know of it really under really knows whether or not this happened. Okay, and that's Tara Reid. So it it's always a he said she said thing. These are impossible to prosecute. They're they're very hard to corroborate. It's twenty seven years later. And I will say that I found Kavanaugh's defense to be more compelling than Joe Biden. I, I tended to believe that Kavanaugh was like genuinely upset about the whole thing. Like Joe Biden, it was like, Hey, yeah, yeah. She said that you, like, you fingered her in a hallway <laughs> and he's just like, Oh, you know, she could say that, but it's not true. Like there was no outrage or anything. And that might just be my personal sort of proclivity or, or um, preference on how to handle such an accusation. Like I, I wouldn't just be like, no, that didn't happen. I, I would express a little uh, anger at the fact that how I was being, that my reputation was being just completely destroyed on a baseless claim. Like, he didn't seem to have any passion behind this. But, you know, he, does, he doesn't know what day of the week it is, so maybe you can't hold that against him. But here, here's the thing, right? Joe Biden was out there when this whole Kavanaugh thing was going around. He was tweeting and he was talking about how you need to believe all women. He was right on board with this whole, all the the craziness that, that took place in the Me Too moment. And, and there was some good that came out of the Me Too moment. It just got taken way too far. And this whole believe all women, no matter what, is one of those ridiculous things where if you give these people an inch, they're going to take a mile. And that's what they did. And, and Biden, Biden got stuck in it. And so now he, and this is, that's why it's so funny. I remember thinking back, I was like, every single one of these politicians is going to regret this because it's so easy for somebody to just make a claim. And then it's, Oh, well, we have to believe them. Right. That's what you said. That's what you said last time. And now, now somehow we're just supposed to ignore the fact that they completely, completely destroyed Kavanaugh over the exact same type of claim. And this one's actually worse, I think. I don't remember the Kavanaugh. Like I don't think Kavanaugh slipped any digits into Blasey Ford. Biden, Biden's giving her the old anger, anger in the corridor. <laughs> like that's a lot worse than uh, that. I think than what the um, the whole Kavanaugh thing was. At least the, the most credible Kavanaugh accuser. There were several others that came forward with just like ridiculous stuff that everybody knew wasn't true. But that, of course, didn't stop the media from running with every story. The exact opposite of what they're doing with this. I'm actually surprised that um, Mika Brzezinski is covering this. It just got to the point where they couldn't ignore it anymore. Everybody was talking about it, and they, they would look... They already look ridiculous, but it would look so much worse for them to just continue to try to ignore and pretend that this is not going on. So now they're going to try to save face, and, and Brzezinski's being all serious about this. She was probably doing the same thing. I, I don't think I have to go back to pull tape to know how she treated the whole Christine Blasey Ford thing. I, I'm sure she was right in the same camp as Biden was. But now she's, you know, deeply disturbed. And this is, I mean, she did a, I thought she did a pretty good job with this interview because she, she asked him like straight out what, I'm going to play some more of it here in a minute. But, but she wasn't beating around the bush here. Um, she pressed them on a couple things. And if there was ever a chance for Biden to really play the whole dementia card and just be, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't remember any of this. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm an old man. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, th this would be the time. This would be the time for that. But uh, uh, let's go ahead and keep playing. The New York Times has investigated this exhaustively. They didn't find uh, any of your former staff members were able to corroborate the details of this allegation. She did file a police report uh, a few weeks ago with the D.C. police. Um, but since you want to set the record straight... Um Okay, I want to pause it right there for a second, because everyone keeps... All these Democrats, they all... 
Every Democrat that was talking about how we have to believe all women no matter what when it was Kavanaugh are now pointing to this New York Times story as if they they have done this full investigation and they have cleared Joe Biden of any wrongdoing. And so that's their justification now for for not believing this woman in this instance and for them taking the side of Joe Biden. They're all out here saying this. Nancy Pelosi, uh, that loser from Georgia, uh, Stacey Abrams. But here's, okay, so here is the New York Times, and I don't have the whole article, but I have the blurb from it that they're all referencing. And this all, another really uh, suspicious thing is that these talking points all started this whole, well, the New York Times cleared them thing because they know that nobody is going to go and read this New York Times article. This all started with BuzzFeed circulating these talking points. And if you remember way back when I did a whole episode on BuzzFeed and the whole uh, when the whole Donald Trump uh, deep state coup was taking place and they had they had rock solid evidence of all whatever. So BuzzFeed has always been full of shit. We know that they're full of shit and they're the ones that started this whole. Oh, well, the New York Times has cleared him of any wrongdoing. They did this thorough investigation. Okay, and so a couple weeks ago, they this was from uh, April 12th or so, and this is what it said uh, at the New York Times. No other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of our reporting, nor did any former Biden staff corroborate Reed's allegation. We found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Biden beyond hugs and kisses and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. Okay, that's what they originally wrote. We found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Biden beyond hugs, kisses and touches and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. Okay, so that I mean, that would be a pattern of misconduct. Uh, But here's the great part, because at the request of the Biden campaign, they they took out a little bit of that. They removed part of that um, that line. And now it reads. No other allegation about sexual assault has surfaced in the course of reporting, nor did any former Biden staff members corroborate any details of Miss Reed's allegation. The Times found no pattern of sexual misconduct by Mr. Biden, period, end of sentence. Okay, so the, the talking points from BuzzFeed, all of a sudden they deleted that part. Oh, you know, beyond the hugs and kisses and inappropriate touching of women that made them all feel uncomfortable. Okay, so that's the New York Times thing that everybody's referencing as just, oh, uh, these, these, all these allegations have been proven false by this thorough investigation that just happened to turn up that there were actually a bunch of women that were made really uncomfortable by hugs, kissing, and inappropriate touching. <laughs> okay. But they're just hoping that nobody goes and reads that article anymore. Uh, okay, that's fine. But then the New York Times even came out when they were pressed on this, and they denied that their article exonerated Biden of of any wrongdoing whatsoever. Like they they said that they didn't make a judgment either way. That it didn't prove that he did this, and it didn't prove that he didn't. So that's what the New York Times is saying that their report said. Everybody that's the that was a believe all women uh, proponent is saying that oh well this just proves that that these allegations are false. And all of a sudden, they're not interested in anybody else doing any investigations. Remember, remember how many investigations they wanted for Kavanaugh? We needed like four different Senate Senate investigations and a super committee and a super duper committee. And they had to that FBI investigation wasn't enough. We got to do this. We got to do that. And every newspaper has to dig into this. But now the the New York Times comes out with one thing and that's good enough. No, no need to scratch this surface anymore. We just needed one little cursory investigation, and that's good enough. We, now we don't have to believe all women. But there was no amount of investigating that would have cleared Brett Kavanaugh of any wrongdoing. Now, was there? Absolutely not. Even after they would have invested, even after they did investigate it, and they tried several times, there it wasn't enough. Oh, we needed another investigation, and another one, and a deeper one, and we needed a, this committee and that committee. Uh, okay. Yeah, these are the people that want us to take them seriously. Give me a break. Give me a break. But the reason I remember this, because I was reading, I was trying to find that New York Times article, and nobody was linking to it in any of these things. And I remembered a tweet or something that I, I pulled up because somebody somebody edited this. 
they took the New York Times quote, and I still have it on my phone, which is what I'm reading this from. It's from the New York Times, but somebody scribbled all over it to fix it. You know, it's like, oh, I fixed it. So instead of saying no other allegation about sexual assault, that that's all crossed out. And it says we found a pattern of sexual misconduct by Biden, including hugs, kisses and touching that women previously said made them uncomfortable. If that was if this was about Donald Trump, you know, for a fact that that's the way this would be worded in the failing New York Times. I mean, come on. We found no other allegation about sexual assault surfaced in the course of our reporting, except, you know, the, the, the normal hugs and kisses and inappropriate touching that made a bunch of women feel uncomfortable. I mean, it is unbelievable the lengths that this co- corrupt media goes to protect their guy, to spin this story. Could you imagine if it was any uh, Donald Trump or any Republican and they found, uh, you know, several women saying that, you know, he hugged them or he was kissing them and touching them that made them feel uncomfortable. This would be the headline. Oh, we didn't find any uh, no other allegations of sexual misconduct, uh, uh, you know, besides this, (laughs) besides this perfectly normal stuff that everybody does. Oh, my God. And they wonder why nobody takes them seriously. They wonder why people uh, are drawn to Donald Trump because he's calling them. He's calling their bullshit. No, you're fake news. He's sticking it to them. He's making fun of them. He's yelling at them in press conferences. That resonates with a lot of people. You want to know why? Because of this. That's why. Because of this special treatment for Joe Biden. Because you're trying to bury this story and it's so fucking obvious. Because of this New York Times article where you try to spin it as if this nose-humping, sniffing thing that Biden's doing is perfectly normal and there's no pattern of inappropriate touching there. I mean, he's touching little kids. They're rubbing on his legs, and he loves kids rubbing on his legs or jumping on his lap, whatever he said. I mean, come on. How do you guys live with yourselves? Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, there's actually some really awkward parts in this uh, interview, so let's keep rolling. I've got two more questions. The first— Okay, please. Go ahead. The first is about your University of Delaware records. Do you agree with the reporting that those records were supposed to be revealed to the public and then they were resealed for a longer period of time until after you leave, quote, public life? And if you agree with that, if that's what happened, why did that happen? Because, look, the fact is that there's a lot of things that of speeches I've made, positions I've taken, interviews that, that, that I did overseas with people, all of those things relating to my job. And the idea that they would all be made public in the fact while I was running for public office, they could be really taken out of context. The papers are position papers. They are documents that existed. And, and uh, that that when I, for example, when I go, when I met with Putin or when I met with whomever and all of that to be fodder in a campaign at mm-hmm. this time, I don't know of anybody who's done anything like that. And so the National Archives is the only place there would be anything having to do with personnel records. There are no personnel records in the Biden papers mm-hmm. at the university. So uh, personnel records aside, are you certain there was nothing about Tara Reid in those records? And if so, I am absolutely certain. Why not, why not approve a search of her name in those records? Approve a search of her name? Yes. And reveal uh, anything not... that might be related to Tara Reid in the University of Delaware records. There is nothing. They wouldn't. They're, they're not there. And if they, if it's, I, 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 you know, I don't understand what you're, the point you're trying to make. The point there I'm trying no to make is that there are no personnel records by are, definition. The point I'm trying to make is that you are approving and actually calling for a search of the National Archives records of uh, yes. anything pertaining to Tara Reid. I'm asking why not do the same in the University of Delaware records, which have raised questions because they were supposed to be revealed to the public and then they were sealed for a longer period of time. Why not do it for both sets of records? Because the material in 
the University of Delaware has no personnel files that it has, but it does have a lot of confidential conversations that I had with the president about a particular issue that I had with the heads of state of other places, that that would not be something that would be revealed while I was in public office or while I was seeking public office. It just stands to reason, the best of my knowledge, no one else has done that either. I'm, I'm just talking about her name, not anybody else in those records. A search for that. Nothing classified with you... the president or anybody else. I'm just asking why not do a search for Tara Reid's name in the University of Delaware records? Look, I mean, who, who, who does that search? The University of Delaware. Uh, perhaps you set up a commission that can do it. I don't know. Whatever is the fairest way to no. create the most transparency. Well, this is, look, Mika, she said she filed a report. She has her employment records still. She said she refiled a report with the only office that would have a report in the United States Senate at the time. If the report was ever filed, it was filed there, period. Okay, this is by far the, the most awkward part of the interview, and you can see that he's being sort of dodgy, and you know he knows what she's talking about, and he's kind of playing stupid, and there's some really long, awkward pauses there. And he does ask a, a good question, like, who's going to do that investigating? I, I don't think that he should be able to appoint some committee. I, I don't think that's the way to go, but... um. Yeah, to me, this is a little suspicious, right? Why is he, what is in these, and there may not be any sexual assault um, accusation or anything like that in these Delaware sealed files, but what else is in there? I, I want to know what's in those files because there's clearly something in there that he doesn't want people seeing. And, and uh, he says, you know, there's speeches and, and things that he's said in the past or whatever that, that he doesn't want people seeing while he's running for president. Like, why not? Why not? I mean, it just seems suspicious where he's like, oh, no, th th there's nothing in there. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't, don't even bother looking at there. There's nothing there to see. If there was anything to see, it would be over here. So please look over there. I mean, come on. Come on. There's something over there. Otherwise, you wouldn't be freaking out about people looking there. And could you imagine if like Donald Trump was like running for president and he's just like, oh, you know, I, I have all these things in this sealed file that I don't want coming out while I'm running for president. <laughs> like what kind of a defense is that? I mean, that just piques everybody's interest even more. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? But what's happening here is that Joe Biden is clearly steering everybody toward one archive of data, the National Archive, whatever he was calling it. He's like, oh, if there's an, a, a complaint, it would only be in there. It would be there and only there. There's no reason to look anywhere else because the complaint couldn't possibly be anywhere else. I mean, that to me just reeks of suspicion. Anytime the government is telling you, oh, no need to look over there, look over here, this is, this is where you should look. I, I'm starting to think that, okay, Joe Biden took it from over here and he moved it over there, and now he doesn't want you to look over there. I, I wouldn't put it past anybody to do that. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's, always, it's always about who you find, who you believe more, and it's just a gut thing. And I don't, you know, I don't think that this seems pretty far-fetched to me. I, I've seen Biden get, get snippy with people and get in their face. And we've all seen that he's been doing this weird sniffing, nose-humping thing. I've been making fun of him for doing that for over a year now. Um, or at least, I don't know, maybe not quite a year. But um, th this just seems a little too brazen. And I don't understand why the complaint... Like he alluded to, she had 27 other years to bring up these complaints. So it's the same type of thing with the Blazy Ford. Like, why are why is it only when Kavanaugh goes to the Supreme Court that you bring this up? Why is it when Biden runs for president that this comes up? I mean, he's been in the public eye. He was vice president. You didn't feel the need to bring it up then? You, you didn't feel the need to, to mention that he uh, sexually assaulted you when he was vice president of the United States, next in line for the presidency? And I think, you know, I, I looked it up because I was like, well, he, 
when was the first time he ran for president? And this is how goddamn old Joe Biden is, okay? The first time he ran for president was 1988, all right? He, he, uh, <laughs> he announced his official candidacy for president in 1987. In June of 1987, I wasn't even three years old. That's how goddamn old this guy is. And now he's running again, and I'm 35. I mean, God, he's such an old bag. Nobody should be spending a lifetime in politics. It's not what this was supposed to be. But uh, as I was wondering, I was like, well, he was already a big deal in 1993. Why wouldn't she make go public with this then? And maybe it's because we didn't have the Me Too thing, and that was the 90s, and now she feels more comfortable. Okay, but you also had the Me Too uh, a couple years ago before Biden was running for president. So why didn't it come up then? So I don't know. I don't like when all of a sudden, 30 years later, people start making accusations that you can't prove one way or another, and it just completely destroys somebody's reputation. Biden, you know, he was doing a, a perfectly good job of destroying himself on his own. So I don't think anybody really needed this. I don't know. I, I go back and forth. <laughs> I don't know who to believe. But um, I, I did, I, you know, in my mind, you're innocent until proven guilty. You're, you're never going to be able to really uh, prove this one way or another. And, and that's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate that that's just one of these things that I, I don't know how you go about handling these sexual assault charges because they're all, it's most of the time, it, there's just two people there. And it's a he said, she said kind of thing. But you know what else I found kind of weird? Why doesn't this chick have a copy of the complaint? I mean, if I filed a complaint, I'd want a copy of it when I did it, right? Like, isn't that how it works? You file a complaint, they keep the complaint, they give you a copy of it so that you have it for your records. Like, why doesn't she just have this? Why can't she give it to some newspaper or something? I don't know. Who doesn't keep a copy of their formal complaints? I don't know. I have no idea how complaints make or how, how they work. I don't make formal complaints. I just turn a microphone on and complain to you guys for the first 20 minutes of every show. That's that's how I choose to make it. So I, I have my my copies are all out here on the interwebs. Any formal complaint I make will, will be uh, believe me, you guys will hear it first. I promise. But I, I just thought that was kind of weird that she doesn't have a copy of this complaint. So I'm sure she'll have the one, the copy of it now that she's making, like that she made two weeks ago. But what about the the one that she supposedly filed right when this happened? Or I don't know. There's uh this interview keeps going. So let, let's go ahead and roll it. Given the fact that you have said in the past that if a woman goes under the lights and talks about something like this, we have to consider that the essence of this is real. Is the essence of what she is saying is real? Why do you think she's doing this? I'm not going to question her motive. I'm not going to get into that at all. I don't know why she's saying this. I don't know why after 27 years, all of a sudden this gets raised. I don't understand it. But I'm not going to go in and question her motive. I'm not going to attack her. She has a right to say whatever she wants to say. But I have a right to say, look at the facts. Check it out. Find out whether any of the, what she says is asserted or true. And based on the investigations that have taken place so far, to the best of my knowledge, by two major papers, they interviewed dozens of my staff members, not just senior staff, but staff members, I'm told. At least that's what they said. And... Yes. Nobody. This was not the atmosphere in my office at all. No one has ever said anything like this. But, Mr. Vice President, as it pertained to Dr. Ford, everyone wanted uh, high level Democrats said she should be believed, that they believed it happened. You said if someone like Dr. Ford were to come out, the essence of what she is saying has to be believed, has to be real. No. Why? And no, what I Why? Said, it has Why to be is it real for Dr. Ford, but not for Tara Reid? Because the facts are that, look, she, I'm not suggesting she had no right to come forward. And I never, and I'm not saying any woman, they should come forward. They should be heard. And then it should be investigated. It should be investigated. And if there's anything that makes it that is consistent with what's being said and she makes the case or the case is made, then it should be believed. But ultimately, the truth matters. The truth matters. OK. And then when she starts to press him, he start he gets a little dodgy 
and he's clearly not addressing the the question that she asked him because well should we believe the essence because that's what you said right now all of this stuff is coming back on him well the essence is there okay so maybe you didn't actually finger her in the corridor but the you the essence of that was there is that what you're saying and he's like oh well i, I said all along that she should be heard <laughs> But we should investigate it. Uh, okay, well, let's investigate it by looking through those Delaware files then, Joe. How about that? Uh, I mean, this is just getting... It's, it's comical at this point. And this is the problem when you, you don't have principles. I always talk about how important principles are on this show. But when you don't have any and you fly off the rails at a Kavanaugh accusation and believe all women and we believe survivors... And <laughs> And all that, all that crazy stuff. Well, once it's flipped around on you, you don't really have a leg to stand on, do you? And uh, and Joe's finding that out. It's a good thing that he's uh, on his last legs anyway, and he's too senile to remember this interview come tomorrow. But I, I think I think we got time for maybe one more clip. So let's go ahead and keep rolling. No, no, that's all. As we await for the records from the National Archives. Are you absolutely certain? Are you absolutely positive there is no record of any complaint by Tara Reid against you? I am absolutely positive that no one that I'm aware of ever has been made aware of any complaint, a formal complaint made by or a complaint by Tara Reid against me at the time this allegedly happened 27 years ago or until the, I announced for pre well, it was, I guess it was in April or May of this year. I know of no one who's aware that any complaint was made. All right. Did y'all get that? Clear as mud, huh? <laughs> that was a yes or no question. Are you absolutely certain that nothing is going to turn up? That's a yes, I'm certain, or God forbid, no, I'm not exactly certain. But even if you aren't, you say yes. You don't go into some bumbling thing about, I am absolutely certain that uh, under the circumstances that nobody I am aware of was aware that they are aware of uh, any uh, complaints against me or uh, given the time and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is just so great. I, I can't wait for this uh, presidential campaign. I hope that they don't pull Biden out of this. I really don't. I, I want him in this till the end. Do not take him out of this and put in Hillary Clinton or something like that. You got to stick with who got you here. And that's old sleepy, creepy Joe. We all knew he was a creepy guy. This just confirms it. <laughs> this is just another feather in his cap. Okay, let's keep going. And then it's other weird stuff that he was doing deterred you guys from making him the nominee. So let's not let a little fingering in the corridor get in the way of, of your presidential candidacy here. Okay, this, this election is just too important. You can't, you can't, you can't let the little, little fingering get in the way of taking Donald Trump out because, uh, man, four more years of Trump is just the end of the world, right? So let's, uh, let's just ignore all this. Let's keep going. Joe Biden clearly didn't do this. It's obvious to anybody, right? And, uh, that was just the, the best denial of anything. He seems certain to me. I believe him. <laughs> oh man. But in all seriousness. Not a lot of this is adding up. I, I wouldn't put it past Joe Biden. I wouldn't put it past any of these narcissistic uh, scumbag politicians that, that have this uh, incredible sense of entitlement that they think they own each and every one of us. You know, they claim that they work for us, but, you know, uh, clearly we don't get to see these records because it would make him look bad. Uh, what was that? You're, you're running for president and we don't get to see your, your public records because you don't want them to be used against you? Uh, okay, but I, I thought you worked for us. I thought you were interviewing for a job and we get to decide. Shouldn't we get to decide what you show us? What, what we get to see? Uh, yeah, no, no, that's not how it works, actually. They get to decide. They're a bunch of narcissistic control freaks with self-entitled uh, privilege. And it, I would, it wouldn't surprise me if he did something like this, but I, I, I just find it highly suspicious that um, when these accusations come out, at very uh, opportune times, to say the least. And you know, either way, there's just no way of knowing. You, you can't, you never are never going to have enough evidence to convict. So I don't understand what the whole point of all of this is. You go ahead and do your investigation. Look through these files. If you find something, great. If you don't, okay. 
uh, let's move on. I mean, we we have bigger fish to fry here than uh, some girl that got fingered 30 years ago. It's just pretty hilarious that no matter what you do now, come November, all of you, uh, all you voters out there are going to have to choose between sexual assaulter Joe Biden, who's slipping digits into campaign staffers or something in a corridor, and uh, grabbing by the pussy Donald Trump. So have fun with that. Have fun with one of those two guys with their fingers on the nuclear codes. Assuming, of course, they can take them off of women's genitalia long enough to launch a nuke. And uh, keep telling yourself that this is the only way that we can organize society. <laughs> and uh, don't question anything. No, no, citizen, fall in line. This is the only way we can do things. This is the best way of doing things. And your vote matters. You guys keep telling yourself that. And I am going to wrap there and enjoy what's left of my weekend do me a favor, guys. If you like the show today, download and subscribe. Go on to iTunes and give me a, a rating and review. Five stars if you think the show is worth it. And share it with a friend of yours. Just, you know, you got your friends are sitting around. You got nothing better to do. Throw them an episode or two. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction if you want to see all of my Joe Biden sexual assault memes, among others. And uh, go to, if you want to become a supporting member of the show, go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com. And if you can do all that for me, I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you. Until then, just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction. <laughs>